Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, because Lowe's knows deals every day. About the 12-6. Applying savings vary based on purchase amount. Exclusions apply while supplies last. Selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Subject to credit approval. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, on X at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, this job in sports that I have, whether it's you know at the commercial appeal or on the radio, takes you lots of places, lots of different places. Um, I can tell you, close to the bottom of the places I've been because of my job mm-hmm. was the Memphis City Council uh, meeting this morning. Or this, yeah, I think it was this morning. Technically, the, the committee meetings, having to the job took me to Memphis City, the Memphis City Council meeting, and my largest, my biggest takeaway, I put this on Twitter, was, man, I'm glad I don't have to regularly cover city council meetings. That actually, <laughs> that actually would be an interesting list. Yeah, like the coolest places it's taken me. Like I'd say, um, let's see, NBA playoffs. Yeah, being yeah, being that Warriors series, and even the Lakers series was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I and I haven't even been to like hey, Minnesota. Yeah, it was fine. The Minnesota was fine. Um, Did you go to a Twins game? Didn't you? Yes, didn't yeah. go to a Twins game while we were there. No, I got you know I've been to the Sugar. I haven't even covered like a lot of great stuff. Like other people have covered like you covered like you, Calkins has covered way bigger stuff than well, I. Yeah, have. but I mean that's a different day and age. Yeah, I mean they used to fly Jeff out. To the Olympics every year. I mean, yeah. you've covered. Every, yeah, I've never like, covered Masters, the Olympics. The never covered a Final Four. You uh, have covered the artists formerly known as the Champ Sports Bowl. Yes, the 2012 Champ, uh, 2012, 2013 Champ Sports Bowl. That went to OT at ten apiece, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't. know. It was awful. It was pouring rain, but yeah, Rutgers it take, Vatek. It takes you a lot of places. I've gotten to go all over the country because of my job. Um, I can tell you though, I did not become a sports journalist to cover city council hearings. And meetings, excuse me. I should say meetings, not hearings. And that, but that, you know what? 
the thing we don't get. You know, sports journalists don't get enough respect from the mm. news people. Yeah, sports intersects everything. Jeffrey. Even we That's what they'll tell on. you. Yeah, sports intersects everything. And today, what are the worst? The Memphis sports scene intersected with the government of the city of Memphis once again. There was nothing worse than having to go to like those rivals camp series to watch. 16-year-olds play in shorts and t-shirts. Yeah, that's pretty bad. When you're in the meat market, that can be bad, too. That's pretty gross. But you do, you get scoops out of the meat market is the only thing. Yeah, but I just, the whole time, I'm just like, man, this. Yeah, no, no, you're like, why I should, I don't know if I should be here. You know, like, I don't know if I'm perpetuating something that's not good for society. No, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. There's some moral dilemmas there. But we've got a lot to talk about. It's Tell the Truth Tuesday, and, uh. I'm not sure how much truth was told at city council today. I don't know. Like it was, they're seems trying like to. It, it seems it was like a lot of his or her truth. Yeah, a lot of telling your story yes. mm-hmm. going on at the city council meeting. But it, it was a what was supposed to be a discussion about a resolution about adding a board seat um, to the uh, University of Memphis Auxiliary Services Foundation, which is what will technically take over ownership of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium if this stadium deal goes through that we talked about Is a couple weeks ago. Is it taking over ownership or taking over, like, the management of it? it like- would, I mean, it would technically be ownership, um, and I can get into some of the details of what that means in a second. But like, So this isn't a situation, and I'm, I'm pointing this out for a reason. This is not a situation where, like, the city and county own the forum, but the Grizzlies run it. No, this would be different. Okay. Um, this would be a different arrangement uh, with the university. Um, but what was supposed to be a discussion about that ultimately turned into like a widespread, wide-ranging discussion about, talking points out there. about the stadium deal in general, how the stadium deal came together, and, oh, by the way, because, you know, you might as well throw this in there, the fu- long-term future of the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, so it was a very uh, interesting committee hearing. There's still... The full city council meeting should start around 3.30, it sounds like, where, I'll be honest, it's kind of unclear exactly what will happen. It seems like things are, I don't think anything that happened today is going to kill the deal, but it sure felt like things that happened today. It was not getting a rubber stamped, if you will. Yeah, it sure seemed like today, the, the vibe I got was, well, it's my, this ain't going to, I don't know if this is going to pass this meeting. It might might need to take may, might take a little time based on the conversation I heard, but that's not decided yet. That that happens at three thirty. But we'll get you all. I'll give you the first hand glimpse into what happened today at City Council here to start tell the truth Tuesday. We also got some interesting Tiger stuff from T- Penny's radio show last night. Tiger basketball stuff. It, one, I I'll tell one truth here. I feel a little bit better about the Ole Miss game now that I know Penny had a mm. had a really bad toothache. Um, honestly, I'm serious. Like. I've had bad toothaches before. Like, I can understand why he was maybe distracted during the game if he was in excruciating pain because of a tooth. I'm being serious. I, I actually, like, yeah. like, I came out of that old Miss game going, I didn't think Penny did a great job in that game. Now I kind of understand it a little better. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. Also, also, we got to get into, if, is the NCAA setting up the breaking of the, the Yeah, that B5, was interesting. Yeah, we got a lot to get to. Tim Murray's going to join us at 240 from VSIN. We'll get his thoughts on the... College football playoff, all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes there. We'll let him commiserate with his Bo Nix ticket. Mm, yeah, I was yeah. texting him at halftime. I was like, tried to tell you, buddy. He did. He is a finalist. He is a finalist. He is a finalist for the Heisman. So, uh, Tim Murray will join us. Three o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. And then uh, we will uh, wrap things up, talk some basketball, uh, maybe some Grizzlies at the end of the show. But 
Let's start, Jeffrey. Here's my tell the truth from this city council. All right. A lot of the blame or a lot of the attention since this became public yesterday that that J.B. Smiley, the incoming council chair, um, had put in this resolution to add a, you know, a board seat and then, you know, a board seat to the to the. Whatever the auxiliary services foundation. Essentially, he oh, wants seats. the city. Yeah, he wants the city to have a say in what's happening at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, even if it's giving up ownership of the stadium as part of this deal. Um, and I will say this: I think my my biggest takeaway from all of this is that a lot of the a lot of the attention's been focused on him and this resolution and. I think Memphis fans are justified in being like, what the hell are you doing here trying to stop this? Like, what are you do? Like, what are you trying to do here doing this? But I would also say this after being in the city council meeting. There's more blame than that to go around. Because ultimately, part of why he is upset, or why I shouldn't say upset, part of why J.B. Smiley is trying to get in the middle of this is because... They basically were told at the last second two weeks ago about this deal. And essentially, let's be honest, like three entities carved out this deal. Jim Strickland, Fred Smith, and tangentially the University of Memphis. Like that's that's who was involved in getting this deal done. And I can understand frustration from the city council that they were not informed. However... The thing you took away from this meeting is that I don't get the sense any of them really have a problem with the actual deal as much as they just have a problem that they were like out of the loop on it, essentially. And J.B. Smiley, who is the I think it's important to point out the incoming chair of the city council. um, He feels like they feel like the city council feels like that some members, some members feel like. It wasn't just that if this was a one-time deal, it'd be one thing, but this is something that happened has happened repeatedly. It sounds like where the city administration doesn't properly involve the city council. And so I can understand that, but largely I think all of them are acting like, frankly, like selfish kind of like they're not thinking about the city. They're thinking about power. They're thinking about, you know, leverage and they're thinking they're not that no one involved in this seems to be thinking about the city as much as they're thinking about, hey, we need to establish the city council's power with a new mayor coming in town or from the mayor's perspective. Well, I don't want any pushback from the city council, so I'm going to spring this on them and like kind of force it down their throats. Like the way this has gone about to me, the larger picture here is an illustration of why the city is kind of, a, you know, feels like it's kind of a mess right now. Because, like, you've got these en- two en- these entities who uh, I should... Wouldn't, I wouldn't stop at the city. <laughs> let's, say, let's say the American government policy yeah, process. But, like, you just... It, this, is, this was a meeting about the stadium deal. But to me, I'm sitting there and I'm going, this is a meeting illustrating why the city of Memphis is not getting things done right now. Be, like, in general, not just the stadium deal. Yeah. Just, like, by and large. Because you've got these people who aren't... Like, again... I don't get the sense anyone thinks it's like a bad deal. There's some quibbles here and there, you know, little things they want added on, whatever. But by and large, everyone seems to think it's like a pretty good deal, it feels like. 
Their problem isn't with the deal. It's with they didn't get to have a say in the deal. And while everyone, again, is pointing their frustration at the city council for raising that issue now, part of your frustration should also be with the mayor and the mayor's office for not for miscalculating. Worth Morgan, the city councilman, I thought he made the most sense up there, to be quite honest. Um, My former bus trip partner for road games. <laughs> he He basically said, like, this was a political miscalculation by the administration, and you're watching it un- watching it unfold before us. But once we take a step back and look at this deal, like it is ultimately, I believe Chase Carlisle used this phrasing too, it's a sweetheart deal for the city. Ultimately, they're coming off of a bunch of expenses on the Liberty Bowl that they, you know, like I think Jim Strickland's administration has said, Ultimately, they'll probably save two to four million dollars a year on this. I think they've said in a document four million, but like there's this debt service that one of the contentions of the council was as part of the deal right now, um, the city would still have to pay the debt service on the building, even though the university owns it and they want the university to pick up the debt service. And there's some confusion about whether the university is legally allowed to do that. And it can you can get into all of these semantics with it. Um, but ultimately, um, I think it's understandable that a city council wanted to get a heads up and be able to like really study a deal before it has to vote on it. I think that's understandable. Ultimately, I do think that's understandable, but this is what I would also say in response. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't get the sense that's their actual frustration. No, I think the, what was made clear in this meeting was JB Smiley and, is using this issue as a way to assert his power entering his chairmanship of, you know, as he enters as the chair of city council and setting a precedent with the new, trying to set a precedent with the new mayor. Like this won't fly with us. This happened under Jim Strickland. and It's not going to happen under like he's using this as the issue to kind of put his foot down. And I like, again, I don't have a problem with that other than it feels disingenuous in that, I think no one actually, ultimately, when push comes to shove, no one's going to have a problem with the deal. And why the deal will ultimately go through, it's just going to delay. This is just all going to delay everything. Yeah, so there's a couple of things here. First and foremost, I guess I would start with, I would start with this basic premise. Fundamentally, as a citizen, I do not enjoy the thought of three people come to, you know, three people in the secrecy of the night mm-hmm. craft a deal and it just goes by without any oversight. Mm-hmm. To me, like, that is, like, that's a way where corruption starts to happen. Yeah. So I understand from a fundamental perspective that mm-hmm. that case. Where I have the overall, like, why I found this to be extremely aggravating, mm-hmm. if I'm looking at if I'm looking at the events of today, I always ask myself, what's the motivation? Mm-hmm. So with JB Smiley, like I, I think you've kind of laid out the motivation of when I'm when I'm in charge, they ain't gonna fly like this. All mm-hmm. right, that's fine. That's that's his prerogative. To your overall point though, of who who is motivated to do right by the city? The three people that made the deal, of the three, two I know. One, this is Jim Strickland's legacy, Mm -hmm. this stadium deal. 
Well, I think there's it, his legacy uh, is a little more complicated than phrase, that. He hopes that this becomes his legacy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a little but, more complicated no, than that. But in from I'm talking about his motivation. Yeah. So he's going to be motivated to get a good deal done. What's Fred Smith's motivation? It's basically to pay for everything we can't do. And, and so I just look at it in terms of who has the best interest of the city at heart. It's like two of the three there, I know they do. And with Memphis, it's like, well, I think they have their own best interest at heart. I don't really see that that competes against the city. I think I think Memphis is almost like kind of they're innocent. along for the ride. They're, innocent, they're along for the ride. They're innocent bystanders and all. Like they're take. I think even even Worth Morgan said it. Like he's like kind of like the university's taking shots here from the council when really it's not directed at them. It's more the, the council is upset. Not at Fred Smith. Not at the, at the university. The They're upset at the mayor for doing this without involving them. Right. Which I would also argue, okay, I'm not an expert in mayoral law, mm-hmm. but it's like he came back with a good deal. Yeah, I still think if he, it's the fact that we are having this discussion on air, the fact that that committee meeting just happened means the way he did it was not right, ultimately. And that's why I said, like, you can express your frustration right, at the, at the a, city council. But he's not a dictator. Yeah, I know. But, like, he should have he should have calculated the fact I guess that these would, city council members would, are going to be a problem. This would be my and response. I should, maybe, I should maybe involve them more than I did. This would be my response. Why didn't he involve them? No, no. He very, they made a clear decision that this – and, like, ultimately, again, I don't think – I want to make this clear. I don't think anything I witnessed today at city council made me go, eh, this deal's not going to happen. All it did was make me go, eh, this deal's going to get a little muddied and might take longer than what anyone wants. But nothing I heard today made me go, this deal's done. Like, the, the, the city council's going to make this go kaput. They might even approve it later today in an hour or two. My guess is they'll table it for another two weeks or something like that. But, again, we can ar- – I guess this would be the bottom line that I have. We can argue the semantics and whatnot. It's Again, Jim Strickland was not able to just – Pass this through. But in the end, the problem fundamentally that I have with all of this, in the end, it's like they're supposed to work for us. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And, I, and this, in the end, was the best solution for the city. And yet here we are because in the end, it probably wasn't best for certain people. Mm-hmm. Here we are arguing about this. When I thought, so it's interesting, Fred Jones and Steve Earhart were there. Fred Jones, the founder of the Southern Heritage Classic, and Steve Earhart, the executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, were there. And I thought Fred at the end, Fred, as after they all did this, Fred towards the end um, wanted to make sure he got the point across. And he's like, we need to take a big picture view of all of this. What's going to be, like, he was basically like, y- y'all, y'all may be mad at the mayor, but, like, what's going to be in the best interests of the city? Because it was made very clear, I think, the Southern Heritage Classic and the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, much like the city council, were also not involved in any of these discussions. Like, they found out, like, the rest of us, ultimately. They, however, are taking a bigger picture view. Both Steve Earhart and Fred Jones were like, we wel- you know, we support... This money going to the stadium, we support what Fred Jones, what Fred Smith is doing, what Fred Smith and his family are doing. Like, while they might have little, it, like they are to me, they are the ones who are conducting themselves properly here. Like they have little issues with stuff. Like they want, you know, like 
neither of them have a long-term contract right now, and they want, like, whereas, like, last week or two weeks ago, the university said, like, said out loud, like, we are going to honor whatever commitments to these other entities that use the stadium. We're going to treat them as, like they have been always. And all they've said is, like, we just want some written assurances of all of that. You know, like, we want, like, you know, we want a contract. You know, like, Fred Jones, the Southern Heritage Classic contract runs out after this coming this coming bowl, this coming Southern Heritage Classic. Like, the he wants to know class, how— The 2024 Classic. Yeah, how is that next contract going to be negotiated now that this— Presumably the university is going to be the one negotiating it with him, not the city. You know, like things sure, like no, that. And you can understand that. Does his date change? Yeah, you know, like, like what yeah. date does he have? Sure. What, what, you know, with the renovations, how, what parts of the stadium are going sure. to be usable for him? Things like that. What's available? But like, ultimately, like, they're not standing, in, they're not going to stand in the way of the deal getting done. You know, like they're, they, they want, you know, ultimately they see this for what it is, which is, Maybe not a perfect way out of this situation, but like the most feasible one people seem to have been able to come up with. Um, and I think that's where we will arrive at eventually with everyone involved. But today just showed it's going to take a little time, take a little, take some, there's going to be some politicking going on a little bit over the next couple of weeks, probably. And I think in the end, that's the depressing aspect of it because the more and more you think about it, it's like, what's the motivation of putting up a fight? Well, the motivation, it seems to be, is like, who's going to get credit? Mm-hmm. And I think part of the council bruised ego is they can't take a little credit. And when you're in the game of, mm-hmm. what's the scoreboard say on my sheet? Uh, did I do this? Yeah. Like, that seems to me to be a big motivating factor. Like, I, I just... And then the other interesting part of all this is then the discussion became larger. You know, it was... It, it was it started to become, you know, like Martavius Jones. Was, and another thing. Yeah, Martavius Jones was like, well, why? You know, he went back to the questions we were, you know, kind of the quandary we were in back in September of, well, why should oh, we wait, give? Do, do we dust off the old playbook? Well, yeah, why should we get, why are the Tigers getting the money? Should we, shouldn't we just give all of the money? You know, like, shouldn't we take care of the Grizzlies first? Because they're the one that can leave. And out of that. I thought this was this is like one of the few like interesting like really true nuggets that came out. Chase Carlisle, this is according to him, said um, that Chase Carlisle said essentially that they need two hundred million dollars, even with this deal, to satisfy what the Grizzlies want ultimately. And they have, as he put it, they have three years to do it before the Grizzlies start exploring options, is how he phrased it. Which I had not heard it phrased like that on the record before by, uh, by any sort of entity, by any sort of politician or or leader, if you will. Yeah, okay, if, if, you, wanted, if you wanted to specify that, but I mean, Sam's story, I mean, lay that out. Like, we, we've talked about it on the air, like... Yeah. I think conservatively. Well, we've never heard like two. Like we've never heard a city official on the record sure. say we need two hundred million dollars in the next three years to satisfy the Grizzlies and the NBA. Ultimately, yeah, I guess the I, I'm fine with that. Never hearing a elected official comment or a public official comment. Yeah. But if you were doing the math, you knew that that was going to be about the amount of money that they were going to need. And that, and again, I think these are all legitimate questions that they're asking. Um, and that's why, like, I think they are legitimate questions. I question the motivation for why they're asking them now, but I think they are legitimate questions. And again, it's why I go back to, like, you can focus your anger on the city council, and I think it's justified if you're, like, a Memphis fan 
pissed that they're tying this up. But, like, it's also on Jim Strickland for not reading this situation better, ultimately. Like, it, it is. Like, you, like it's yeah, very clear I mean, I, they I, have some say in this. Because they can kill, they ultimately have the power to kill the deal if they want to. I guess. They like, shouldn't, I, but I, they have the power to. I understand, but I'm also not going to be, like, ignore human experience. Mm-hmm. And I find it hard to believe Jim Strickland in year one would have operated in this fashion. Yeah. My suspicion is that. But it just goes, it goes back to, like, this is not how a city should operate. It's not. It is not. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I've, how many other cities can you say that for? Like, I, I don't know. I, 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 you're right. It's all politics. But it just, I, to me, it just, this is a stadium issue, but it's really, like, becoming, like, a future of the city issue. And, like, one, very clearly, based on the comments from Richard Smith when he made this donation, the comments that are being made, so, like this is this isn't just about FedEx Forum or the Grizzlies or the University of Memphis. This is like kind of about the future of downtown Memphis. And to take that further, it's also about the future of Liberty Park or whatever you want to call it. Sure. And like in a lot of ways, because of that, it's really a discussion about the entire future of the city. And yeah, I guess the biggest problem that I have is like you know, if it's all successful, the city comes out ahead in the end. From tax money, like additional tax money, whatnot. Like, well, part of that's a little unclear in the sense that, like, they have to take on the debt service, which is like twenty eight, twenty nine million as part of this deal, um, over like a a pretty long period of time. But it's, I think you're right. Ultimately, that, I, know, like, I know this to be true. The city will not lose money by handing the stadium over to the no, university. No, and I think. Ultimately, they. I think ultimately they will come out net. Po- they'll come out net positive. They're they're putting out numbers that say they'll be like four million net positive. I'm guessing if you add on the debt service, it's a little. Le- it's less than that if you factor that into it. But nonetheless, I think it's a good deal for the city. Ultimately, um, especially here's when you, you consider know- that it's supposed to. It's supposed to help you with the Grizzlies too. Here's how you know it was actually a good deal. Mm-hmm. In the end, even the even the members that had. Problems with the process, if you will, mm-hmm. they're like, "Yo, the, we got to take the deal." Well, that's not true. Not all of them necessarily. Oh, you mean you mean the city council members? Yes. I don't think I don't think all of them are saying that. But like, but I I'm think saying there are members. That I'll are say like, this: I think my gut tells me there's probably enough to pass it through. You know, like I think, I think because ultimately, again, I don't think JB Smiley is doing this because he does he opposes the stadium deal. He even said. Um, he even I guess said I, I guess he I held up. Also, he I held up the resolution at the end and said, "I'm not sold on any of these ideas." Hold on. Is there anyone out there that wants the city to hang on to it? Because let me ask this one question: mm-hmm. How they done with it? Yeah. Bang no, up job. Stellar. A plus. No, if anything, they've done. They, it was laid out kind of how much maintenance they've done over the years, a little bit, and like how basically one of the. Like right now, the debt service, for instance, on the building is not because of like some big renovation. Obviously, if you've been there, there hasn't been a big renovation. The debt service was like six or seven or eight years ago. They had to do the locker rooms. They did the lot that locker rooms part of it, but most of it is apparently like basically like was it locker rooms or locker room? Locker room was just the Memphis locker room. That was like two and a half million. That was like four or five years ago. But even before that, they had to do. There was like some federal law that came down, and they had to make the thing ADA. 
you know, like it was like handicap accessible. They, they had to do a bunch of stuff sure. to make it ADA Like all the debt service that they're paying now is on that. And like you don't have to do like it. Let's say like Chase Carl, I made this point. Let's say ten years from now, the ADA. You know, there's another thing they sure. got to do, and they got you know, like there's more code that's on the university now if they take ownership well, of it, not the you, city. You also get rid of this whole. Whenever you go into the stadium and you're like, why didn't somebody take a power washer? And yeah. then you get school officials, his city, his city. And then this, then the, it's very obvious who was in charge. Unlike this point. situation, we'll have, we'll be very clear who to blame. Correct. <laughs> and let's be real. What's the most important thing in the United States of America? Identifying who we can point the finger at. Yes, exactly. Um, Find a common scapegoat. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in about an hour or so. If they, I, I, my sense is this is gonna. Again, I don't think anything that happened today is gonna kill this deal. Um, it just might delay some things. Um, but it, it is int- It is. It is an interesting dynamic because I don't think. I do think the deal needs to be scrutinized more. I do, because three, as you put, like three, three entities or three people, whatever it was shouldn't be determining something like this. It, the city council should have a say. Like, you know... Okay, but I guess this is the problem that I have with that. They do have a say. Mm-hmm. Today. Yeah. No, no. Voting. Yeah. They have a say. Yeah. The problem is there seems to be an argument with the mechanics of it. Well, they feel they were not... Like, they basically... Right, but like, they, to act as if... To sit there and... It is disingenuous to say that they do not have a say on this. They do. That's why you were just down yeah. there. Yes. And there, I think the point they were trying to get across is like, you know, for instance, like they're finding out new details on this deal every day. Like, for instance, when they were there two weeks ago, the university, I guess, laid out um, if let's say the university at some point wants to wants to buy, wants to sell back the stadium. Okay. When they came two weeks ago, it said they said when they, you know, when this deal was presented to the to the city council. It was said on. It was said that basically, if that happens, the city would just get the get the stadium back for a dollar or whatever. You know, whatever you had to do legally to give it back. The Dave Portnoy. Um, but in the letter of intent, there's apparently a seven page letter of intent, um, that they got sent later. It says actually the city has right of first refusal. On like like basically that the university could so sell it they to, sell someone, to else, someone else. Yeah. They'd get right, and then that's because you know people are buying up stadiums left and right across the country. But yes, well, continue. well, they, someone would buy it for the land, not for the stadium. They someone would some someone would buy it to knock it down. It would be it would be attractive for that possibly, but no one would buy it as a stadium. You're right, and frankly. I don't think, and the point well, that I'm was sure that gets into zoning. I'm sure well, the like, point that was made to the point that was made in the council hearing is like ultimately like there's got to be some level of trust between these entities. Like the university is not going to like they're good. Like the city and the university are partners in not just this but all sorts of things. And like, are, do we really believe the city of like the University of Memphis is going to go sell this to a third party at some point in time? No. No, I mean, but. I don't know. I, I guess I, I still just get, like, frustrated when everyone's like, there seems to be this common thought that the arguments that were presented today by Smiley and by Smiley in particular, like, Mark, you hear stories in Congress where they get some 600-page bill and they have to vote on it in six hours mm-hmm. all the time. Everyone's acting like this is a unique set of circumstances. Well, as even your boy Worth Morgan put it, as this was presented to them, quote, as late as legally possible. 
And as he said, so that I was heard, a, all I heard was legally possible. That was a huge political miscalculation. That was what he said today. Even And he was the one who I thought was the most supportive of like, guys, come on. This is a good deal. Like, let's just, we just got to vote this through ultimately. We might be up. These are, ultimately, I think it comes down to this. To me, these politicians need to separate these things as two separate issues. There's one issue of the stadium deal and there's one issue of y'all feel like Mayor Jim Strickland, you know, is has kind of run over you. And kind of, and does things in a way that you don't like, and doesn't give you that hasn't right. given you any say in what's going on in the city. And this is my it's trying it, to kneecap your say. And, well, in the and end, the, to me, those are two separate issues. And funneling the stadium deal into it is both short sighted and ultimately like I don't know what you're gaining from it. If you're, for instance, JB Smiley, all you're doing is like creating people a bunch of a faction of people who could vote for you potentially, whether it's. I don't think he can run for city council again after he starts this term. But, like, you know, he ran for governor not that long ago. Like, I, it, it doesn't – I don't think you're, he's going to get whatever he wants out of this ultimately. I don't think – you know, I don't know if this is ultimately going to give him power as the chair of the city council. And, again, I don't think it's going to stop the stadium deal from happening because I don't think deep down anyone wants the stadium deal to not happen. Again, I keep coming back to the – crux of everything is this deal good or bad for everyone yes the, frankly the only person it's bad for is fred smith because he's out 50 he's million dollars <laughs> like i mean like if we're going truly like that way the only person who really loses something meaningful in all of this is is the smith family they lost they're losing 50 million dollars that could go to something else they're gonna just gonna give it to this project all right i wanted to ask one more question mm-hmm. before we move on at what point does the grizzly silence? And I know they've had a statement here or there. Yeah. At well, what point does the grizzly silence start to become like? Well, that's why. Why? What? What are you doing here? What are you up to? Well, yeah, I think they've decided that is for them the politically best move. Um, I don't think it's a political thing. I think it's a leverage thing. If you yeah. want to get back to the whole, which is it. this is why I think everyone else is also so just completely fed up with everything mm-hmm. in general. Is your Watching everyone just try to play like they're trying to play the apprentice, like who can make the best deal? Well, and yeah, who can make the best deal? And it's like, and then you got like, you know, ultimately like, yeah, I guess the Grizzlies can move. But like, as Chase Carlisle laid it out, like you got three years to figure it out probably still. Like, yeah, but the problem is it seems like everyone agrees the best plan of figuring it out is going back and asking for more money. Yeah, oh yeah, they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to. Um, but the, you know, they'll probably, they got three years to figure out some other avenues. Now at the same time, like, you know, at a certain point, I think politicians in Memphis is difficult. Cause like what you've seen, I was talking to someone earlier today and what you've seen with this, even with this debate, I wasn't here for the, for the, the great Grizzlies debate, if you will, when the team came uh, to town, the yard signs were electric, but like ultimately what, when push came to shove Anyone who got in the way of that Grizzlies deal ultimately got run over, right? Wouldn't you agree? Um, no. Uh, no? Willie, Willie made sure that it didn't ever go to a, an actual vote. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it ultimately, people got, you know, like, whoever I was opposed. I would say they got run over. Like, it just got bypassed, correct. essentially. You want to um, talk about actual dictatorship. <laughs> and... Um, that's sort of what's happening here, it feels like. And, again, it might, like... Doing that and getting the Grizzlies here, I think, you know, when you look back at it in retrospect, 
maybe the means weren't great in how it was done. So stuff got bypassed, but like now in retrospect, 25 years later, like feel pretty good that the Grizzlies came to Memphis. You know, like it worked out pretty well. Well, anytime you try to make bringing in a professional sports team a economic question, the answer is always going to probably be probably wasn't but, worth but it. I but would, like that's the, the, you just can't base it on. I that. do think city officials need to not operate like you need to get a deal done with the Grizzlies. I do think the city needs to stop operating out of like basically their 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 default stance right now. Everyone's in the city is like fear of the Grizzlies moving, and I just think that like I don't I. I I don't buy that they're going to ultimately move. I don't buy that they want to move. I don't buy that the that it would even be easy to convince the NBA to move. And I hope, and this is what you're talking about, like the grizzly silence. Like I hope, you know, that ultimately a deal that is like like they can come to a deal where like you know that's not made out of fear, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean the problem though is because I don't. I, I think. Personally, like if I was running the city and people would not want me to run the city, I'd probably be taking the position right now of like kind of calling the Grizzlies bluff. So, but I that's I, not necessarily that might not I, be the right call, but that's I just tend, my gut tells me. I tend to agree. I still think it's an unknown, and here's why it's an unknown. Pete Rozelle was very adamant about not. Moving teams, mm-hmm. Own, you know, owners would sit there and look at LA all the time, and be like, "Oh, if I could just go there, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd increase it," and it would be like over my dead body. Well, now you got the commission there. The commission is welcoming everyone with open arms. Mm-hmm. Any city that's going to build them a new stadium and whatnot, like they'll go do it. With Silver, we haven't really seen it. For the most part, Stern was against it, and even when they did move, he would try to make good. The one exception really being Seattle. Um. With Silver, I don't know. I think it's such an unknown because also the other thing Silver's going to have to start doing dealing with is you're starting to get more and more owners that are getting a little bit more agitated, it feels like. Well, the other part of it, though, is like, you know, like, and when you, that's the thing, when you sell, when you move one franchise and you move it up in value. Well, the other part is, ever, like, where would the team move? It moved it like everyone points to Vegas and Seattle. Well, you know what's way more profitable for the NBA owners than moving the Grizzlies to one of those cities? Expansion. It's putting expansion teams there. That's right, what they want to do. But it also cuts into your TV deal, whatnot. Like there's there's other avenues. I mean, but then the other part of it is the value of these franchises. That franchises has escalated so much that you have like, limited the amount of people that can buy them. Limited who can buy them. Even just the cost. Like moving an entire operation somewhere else is. Really expensive, ultimately. Yeah, you might get it back on the back end, whatever. But like upfront, cost wise, like it's it's really expensive. But like again, they could again they could move the team. But like it feels like we've got a few years to figure out the FedEx Forum still, and I trust that they will, and I trust that everyone involved is ultimately going to come to terms. But I would just hope. We can maybe, I don't know, like not combine two issues into like this is a major issue, this stadium deal and folding in, for instance, the distrust between the mayor's office and the city council feels like a bit much to me. Like, like, can we can we table that, guys, and just, get a deal done? Oh, can we feels, table that and get a deal done? It please. 
feels egocentric. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Tim Murray's going to join the program. We'll get his thoughts on the college football playoff rankings as well as some bowl games and, of course, the Heisman Trophy that will be awarded on Saturday night. We'll do all that next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Giannotto and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannotto and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Tim Murray is the host of V-CIN's Primetime, airing live each and every weeknight from 5 until 8 local time. You can also download... The VSIN College Football Betting Podcast. Follow him on Twitter on X at one Tim Murray. Tim, when did you recognize that Florida State was not going to get in? When the announcement happened. So you didn't take note of when they dusted off the old bylaws on Sunday morning? <laughs> uh, no. I uh, So, funny story. So... Uh, there's a, a tradition that we do here in uh, in Vegas. Uh, my wife's cousin is from Vegas, and uh, they drive to this tiny, tiny town about three hours outside of the city uh, where it gets a little colder. There's actually a little vegetation, and uh, we cut down a Christmas tree. Uh, so it's, uh, do you Griswold- remember the saw, Clark? I, I did remember the saw. However, our tree was too big, uh, so it is now outside, and we had to purchase a new one. Uh, that's beside the point. As you are traveling outside of— A lot of sap. I, I don't know if um, anyone is familiar with the state of Nevada. There's Las Vegas. There's Henderson, which is where I live, suburb. There's Reno, way up north, and nothing in between. So, long story short, I had no service, and I just gave my phone to my wife, and I'm like, kept— I'm like. Can you check who who's in the playoff? Can you keep checking? Just keep checking. She's like, I, I don't know. And uh, ultimately, she's like, uh, Alabama, Texas. I'm like, holy crap, they left out Florida State. Um, so uh, I was surprised. I, I really, I, I, my tweet, something to the said, something to the effect of, I want it, you want it, 
but we're not going to get it. Florida State is in. And uh, ultimately, it sucks for Florida State. I feel terrible for them. Uh, you know, feel for their fan base, uh, even though it's justice for 1993 and them getting in over Notre Dame. Um, and uh, But we got the four best teams. I really believe it. I think that's kind of the, the struggle that I've had. It's like, on the one hand, I do not like the precedent of I think it's really hard to go undefeated. And it's not like Florida State scheduled, played, their, scheduled their way to undefeated. And you played LSU. Yeah. And you smoked them. And you played, like, I get it, Florida's not great, but you played Florida on the road. You played two SEC teams in your non-con, and you went undefeated. You beat Clemson. You beat Louisville. We could say whatever we want about Louisville. The committee had them, what, 14th heading into that game, and they beat them with a third-string quarterback. So I agree with you that... It's it's pretty dirty, and I'll be honest. This is more conspiracy theory here. But if we weren't expanding to twelve next year, no, I'm, I'm I don't, with you. I'm, I don't I, think they do it. I think I think the fact that they didn't, they knew the format was going away. They weren't going to have to deal with the precedent yeah. because I thought the reality was, and I said this on yesterday's show, they treated Florida State in the way that the the masses thought they were going to treat Cincinnati two years ago. And they almost so that's so to that point. I want to debunk. I don't know where you guys think, but I, I want to debunk the because I saw man the takes were flowing. Woo! It was um, it was a it was it's all for TV ratings. I'm like you do know no one cares about TCU, right? Like no one cared about him. Like they could have left them out. You do know in 2021 they could have even though there was a head to head difference. They could have taken Notre Dame over Cincinnati, and they put Cincinnati in the playoffs. So it ain't all about the ratings. I, I do ultimately think it was. No, let's be real. If, if it were all about the ratings, they would they would have bumped out Washington as well, and either put in Georgia or Ohio State. If that's right. all that matter was the ratings. I mean, Ohio State is a a juggernaut when it comes to ratings. Yes. So I, I think ultimately what it came down to was I feel like they were sitting in the room and they go. Well, we got to put in the SEC champ. It's the best conference. They always win the national championship, but they lost to Texas by ten. Crap. Yeah, well, we Texas gotta... just Texas just won by twenty-one. They look pretty good. All right, uh, Florida State looked like you know what? Uh, we're just going to blame the fact that they don't have Jordan Travis and leave him out. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where I struggle because you know I do give you credit if you found a way to go win a rivalry game on the road with your backup and your third team are having to play a little bit as well, and then you win a conference title game in disgusting weather, and you hold a team that was at, what was Louisville averaging, like 35 points, 36 points a game, you hold them to six points and make them look inept. Like I just found myself thinking, had Alabama won in the same fashion, we'd just be talking about what a dominant defensive so, performance and whatnot. So I don't... Um... <laughs> I don't subscribe to much uh, that former Florida State quarterback Danny Cannell uh, puts out there, but I did think he made a good point that was not brought up. Alabama should have lost to Auburn. Like, that happened. They needed a third or fourth Fourth and 31 and forever, and if they don't get that, they lose to Auburn as a double-digit favorite. While we criticize, and and clearly they criticize Florida State, for sluggishly beating Florida and, you know, obviously not prettily beating Louisville, a Louisville team who you ranked 14th as a committee and they beat with a third-string quarterback. So, look, I, I feel like 
I'm coming off as I'm, 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 def- I'm I, Florida State did enough to be in. Are they a top four team in my eyes? No. And that's what the committee came down to. Am I happy as a football fan that on New Year's Day we're getting Alabama, Michigan, Washington, uh, Washington, Texas, as opposed to Florida State, Michigan? Absolutely. But to your point, the precedent that has been set and that it doesn't matter come next year, it's like, man, that's a power five conference. They beat your 14th ranked team with a third string quarterback in the slop. They beat the crap out of LSU, a team that, you know, if Alabama doesn't knock out Jaden Daniels, maybe it's a different result. So, yeah, it's 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 really got to be tough for Florida State fans to swallow, uh, no doubt. But uh, as I said last night on my show, when I you know when it comes to talking about gambling, I'm pretty excited, and I think these games are going to be pretty fantastic. And uh, you know, Nick Saban. Might have got himself another bone because I think they realistically could win this national championship. Obviously, the results of the game somewhat cloud our judgment. But I was trying to go back and through my mind, have we had two semifinals where you really felt like it was a coin flip in both? Is the closest um, thing the first one? 2014, right? Yeah. And then yeah. yet again, Ohio State got in controversially. <laughs> right. And then they won. And they won it all. Um, right. It was, uh, well, I don't even know. I got to look back in the archives because, well, that first year we thought it would be a coin flip and then Oregon ripped Florida state limb from limb, uh, in the Rose bowl, uh, looking back at it now, uh, I bet you, wait, hold on in 2018, I think we probably thought those were going to be good. That was Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma, Georgia. And that was the Oklahoma-Georgia so the Oklahoma game that Georgia went double game overtime. was a classic. And then I believe the Alabama-Clemson game, Clemson, Clemson never got past the 50. Yeah, it was 24-6. to six. Yeah. Um, I would think, I mean, I don't care about TV ratings. I'm not a television executive. But the ratings, because it's back on New Year's Day, you know, we don't have to have Jimmy Kimmel telling us about our new tradition of watching football on, Chris, on New Year's Eve. Um, the fact that it's on New Year's Day... The fact is, these four teams, and to your point, yeah, if Ohio State was playing Texas, like it record shattering everywhere, but like a Rose Bowl between Bama and Michigan in that five o'clock Eastern window, that classic Rose Bowl, really, is this going to be the last Rose Bowl? No, it's not because. Because the Rose Bowl is always going to be a quarterfinal, I believe, or semifinal. I don't know the rotation, but. Uh, I think quarters aren't. Quarters are going to be on campus. I mean, no, have, no, first rounds on campus. First round on, so first rounds on campus. That's the before the buys. Then so you that's go to the, five through twelve. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And then I don't know the bowl rotation after that. It, I think it's the yeah, it's the new. So if I am I doing my math right, so it'll be four games and two games. So yeah, it would be the New Year's six bowls, all six of them. And then they're then they're and then the championship will the, be bidded out. Yeah. Here was another take that I started thinking about. Did Washington save us from Georgia, Alabama, and Texas all getting in? Maybe, but I, the I, committee, I swear the to com- God, I think they did. The committee did put Florida State number five. I think they would have had to put Florida State in. No, 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 no. See, I think I no, think Oregon. Gonna, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I'm no, telling Oregon you, I think they were going to put Georgia ahead of Oregon. Nah, I don't think so. We'll never know. We'll never know. But Georgia, but you got to remember this. Oregon was ahead of both Texas and Bama the whole process. 
They were always ahead of them. I think if they beat Washington, I think it would have it would have been simple. I, I really, I mean, we'll never know, but I don't think they. I, I think Oregon would have jumped them. What do you think of the early lines? Did it surprise you? Michigan came out favored. No, I'm not surprised at the movement though. Is it one and a half now? Yeah, I saw some ones. Yeah, so I'm I'm not surprised. I I think I think Alabama might close a favorite or it'll hang out in that area. But I it never got to three, and that that didn't surprise me. It, I think it's just going to hang out in that essentially pick 'em range. Uh, Texas Washington is going to be interesting because. Look, Washington, all kudos to them. Credit to them. <laughs> you texted me about uh, Bo Nix. Uh, Going up against dogs. Literally. Yeah. literally. If, if your mascot's a dog, he was. I think he was 0-7 in his career. <laughs> um, but it, I do wonder if this is uh, – I wonder if neighbor Nick's going to be interested in Washington here. So the one thing, though, that I think – I think neighbor Nick might have a pretty good read on Washington. He might. He he thought they were. He was like, I don't. He told me he was like, I don't understand. Nine and a half, ten point underdog. They beat Oregon. He was right. You know, he went to the window, cashing that ticket. Here's the reason why I think neighbor Nick might have a point on Washington against Texas. Because I I loved Texas last week. Because if you have, if you're, I played their team total over, if, so that was easy. If you're running the football on them, that is not the way to beat them. Mm-mm. But their secondary's been very gettable, and. I gotta imagine that's gonna be the healthiest Washington's been in what when they when they show up on on New Year's Day. It's probably the healthiest they've been in what six seven weeks, and they can really they can stress you with their receivers and Penix's ability to move the ball down the field. And while Sark is a brilliant game planner, I don't trust him, uh, you know, in game, and I don't really trust Quinn Ewers because look at what we saw, right? And and I. I trust Kalen DeBoer with my life. Like that dude, that dude can scheme it up, and uh, you know they did a really good job. I mean, they they can run the ball now, so it, it's a pretty. I'm I'm really I'm. I mean, look, I'm fired up for both games. I'm not gonna lie. Like both games are gonna be fantastic. I think overall the bowl season. I was I was saying this uh, last night on my show, and uh, I said it again on the, on the podcast. Like. You know, for a long time, bowl season, and I still love bowl season. It's the best background background noise oh, yeah. of the year. Uh, you just throw on a game. It's just there. It's comforting. Um, but this is, I think this is the most challenging bowl season to bet. And it's not a cop-out. And I've got a couple bets that I've already fired in, too. But the reason it is. Who the is, hell's going to play? Well, because up, up until, you know, whatever, the portal era. Okay, you had the opt-outs. All right. Well, we know that Kansas isn't going to have opt outs to the NFL. We know that Northwestern isn't going to have opt outs to the NFL. We know that uh, Coastal Carolina is not going to have opt outs to the NFL. But now, all of these G5 players that are really good, they're going to the portal. And that's the thing. I mean, you look at all these bowl games, and, you know, you look at. you know, Boise State, UCLA, and the L.A. Bowl, sure. presented by Gronk and whatever. Is that, not, um, is that not Kimmel's Bowl? No, it's Gronk's Bowl now. Oh. Yeah, change. Yeah. Um, so UCLA, they've got pros. They've got a couple pros that are going to opt out, right? Well, Boise State's quarterback is in the portal. So it's like, ah, crap, we were going to bet Boise State. Now now we can't really do that. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, which quarterback's in the portal? Uh, well, Taylor Green's in the portal. And then the other quarterbacks hurt. The uh, Maddox, Maddox. But will he be back? No, I don't think so. Uh, 
Okay. I, I, I got. I'll do some. I got some Boise guys out there. But no, it's just. Yeah, it, it's a really. It's a really tricky bowl season. You know, like you know Notre Dame, for instance. Notre Dame, Oregon State. Like who is playing in that game? It's the Sun Bowl. Notre Dame's opt outs are, are starting to come in. Their whole receiver core went in the portal, and then you flip over to Oregon State. DJU portal. Aiden Childs, their backup portal. Davian Martinez, the running back, well, the DUI suspended. Their coach went in the portal. Their coach is gone. He took half the staff. The the weird thing is the coach that got hired for Oregon State. They hired from within. Uh, it's their some, DC. It was their something DC. Bray. Yeah, whatever. He was uh, actually the MVP of the last time Notre Dame and Oregon State played in a bowl game in 2004. He's not even coaching the game. They have an interim. They have an interim coach for the bowl game. They hired the guy who was on the staff, but he's not coaching, apparently. Is he recruiting, I guess? I guess. I don't know. So it's it's a tricky... It, it's a- hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.